We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another draft episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host today. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsSchmitty. We are continuing our draft coverage of the podcast here just 22 days until the NFL draft. And it is very exciting in Green Bay right now. Lots of good things happening. We'll be looking at many different players the Packers could be selecting at both 12 and 30 in the first round. And even what it might look like if they were to trade up in the draft. So, I am your host, Nick Schmitz, today. Before we get started with any of the draft coverage, quick update Justin McRae he was tendered by the Packers last month he has signed his tender for one year worth $645,000 and so he will be a a restricted free agent next offseason so that is a quick update on some things Packers not related to the draft so with that we'll jump in today today we will be discussing Josh Allen out of Kentucky, and joining me today, not my usual partners in crime, but joining me today are Russell Brown and Owen Reese. Russell is a national scout for Cover1.net and host of the Cover 
One NFL Draft podcast and has been heard on ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and CBS Sports Radio. Owen is a writer for Bucky's Fifth Quarter and Inside the Pylon and played right guard at Carroll University. You can follow both of them on Twitter. Russell is at Russ NFL Draft, and Owen, you can follow him at Reese Draft. Guys, welcome to the podcast. We're very grateful to have you here with us today to break down the NFL Draft. You guys will be joining me the next three weeks, it sounds like, leading up to the draft. And like I said, today, guys, we'll be talking about Kentucky's Josh Allen, senior, 6'5", 262, Ran a 4-6-3-40, 28 reps on the bench. And from what I was gathering now, and again, I told you guys this pre-show, I'm not much of a draft guy. I like the draft. I always love seeing where players go. But I am really here to guide the conversation. You guys are the experts. So you tell me, we'll start with this. The NFL comparison that I saw given to Josh Allen was Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings. So, Russell, we'll start with you. Do you agree with that NFL comparison for Josh Allen? No, because we, we, we don't do pro comps in this house. It, it, you know, we don't do pro comparisons. It's You let a player be what a player is. Um, I understand where it's coming from, from like the pass rusher standpoint, the explosiveness, the, the explosiveness that he has and the speed off the edge. But, you know, realistically, I think he's a totally different player. Um, if I could really compare him to anybody, and I know Packer fans are not going to like this comp, it would probably be like Hassan Reddick a little bit of how he emerged um, out, of, out of nowhere a little bit. Josh Allen was, you know, well-known in, in 2017, but he really took a step forward in 2018. And that's what really, I think, separated him from, just being a guy to really being one of the best edge rushers in this class. I'm a big fan of him. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, I don't think Anthony Barr is the, the right comp, but I, I can understand where it's coming from. Oh, and, Owen, I mean, what do you think of the comparison to Anthony Barr? D- does, that, does that fit, or, or do you compare him to somebody else? Um, I think from, like, a physical profile standpoint, I think that makes sense. Uh, Barr was a running back at UCLA first, which is obnoxious to think about, knowing that he ended up. <laughs> being like 6'5", 260, um, but I, I guess from like a size and athleticism standpoint, uh, that makes sense, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the, probably like the way I would do this, and, and this might be a bit of an odd or an unorthodox comparison, um, and I don't want to scare Packer fans away because Josh Allen's a lot better than this player is, but like to me, Josh Allen is who the Packers wanted Kyler Fackrell to be. He's a big like 6'5", 255-pound-ish big athletic dude who at times at Kentucky would play the apex. They didn't, like, solely let him pass rush. Um, he played off the – not off the ball, but like I said, kind of played more in space um, as a as a contained edge defender. Um, and I think that's something that, like, Fackrell, his theoretic ceiling was, um, was this big dude that can pass rush and cover. And I think that in, in the Packers' uh, – Three four scheme. I think that's what Allen would be asked to do. A similar thing. Uh, like I said, certainly not comparing him as a player um, to Kyler Fackrell, but I think that stylistically, that's what they want out of him. He's a big dude. That's not solely a pass rusher. Um, you're not going to see. Uh, I guess you might see NFL teams ask him to do it, but he hasn't been asked to do it really. But like Brian Burns is solely like a one trip po- trick pony. Go get the quarterback. Nick Bosa. Go get the quarterback. Cleveland Furl. Go get the quarterback. Josh Allen did, was asked to do a bit more at Kentucky, so that's kind of the 
the way I see that, like I said, I, by no means am I calling him Kyler Fackrell, but just the theoretically what I think the Packers wanted Fackrell to be with his versatility and size and athleticism, that's kind of what uh, my first uh, kind of Rorschach uh, reaction was was to Allen the first time I saw him. Oh, I, and I didn't want anybody thinking like, oh my God, this guy's Hassan Reddick. And then you look him up and it's 6'1", 237. Like, I don't mean from like the physical profile. I think uh, Owen made a really big, uh, strong point there that, you know, the physical profile for Anthony Barr and, and Josh Allen makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I meant more so from like the way he emerged um, over throughout this season. Hassan Reddick was just really a guy and, and kind of like Josh Allen was just a guy. Uh, but these guys had really strong years to, to, to close out their college careers and then just had, you know, a really good draft process. Um, and that's what I was getting at. So go ahead. Well, and so it, it's, it, Owen, I, you brought up the comparison to within the Packers organization to Kyle Fackrell. So let's take it one step further quickly before we get into the potential of him being in Green Bay. So in the offseason, Green Bay went out, signed Zadarius Smith, and Preston Smith uh, to big contracts, obviously to be pass rushers. So, Owen, how does he compare with those two players, considering if he does end up in Green Bay, that's who he'll be competing with for playing time and playing alongside of? Does he compare well with either of them, or, or is he really a fundamentally and physically different player than both of them? Uh, yeah, really, to me... Uh... He's kind of the opposite side. He's the weak side rusher. To me, Zadarius Smith uh, and Preston Smith are these great big um, kind of bully pass rushers, um, kind of in the vein of Nick Perry, uh, as obviously he was cut to make room for those contracts. But those guys, and, and Zadarius Smith is a guy that's going to move inside um, on late and long downs and, and kind of get after the quarterback against guards. Uh, Josh Allen is a guy that uh, technically plays the same position, uh, but plays it a bit differently, plays it with a bit more finesse, uh, and, and depends on his athleticism a bit more. Uh, so I guess I, I would call like, cause both of the Smiths pr- play probably somewhere around 270, 275 ish or so. And Allen's somewhere around 260, but that's fairly newfound weight for him. Uh, as a junior, he played, I would guesstimate somewhere around 240 or so. And they, there was, uh, quite a few reports throughout the season that he had packed on a bunch of weight, um, and a bunch of muscle during the off season. So, uh, to me, uh, they play the same position, and as far as like what he and Preston Smith could like be asked if if Josh Allen was drafted by the Packers, they would both be asked to be the uh, outside rushers and like their nickel um, or their NASCAR package or their cycle package or whatever you want to call it, whatever cool cute name you want to put on it. But um, they are a bit different uh, from a play style standpoint, um, and even like I said, just a stature. Similar, like I guess I don't mean to say they're not way different size um from like a profile standpoint but they're built a bit differently um like i said uh both smiths being a bit more dense to me um than allen despite their weights being fairly uh within the same ballpark and and russell i know you said that you you don't like nfl comparisons but in just in humoring us here you know (laughs) um where does Josh Allen's upside uh, as a pro, like how would he, is his upside better than the Smiths or would he be on par with them? Or is it really because of differences and and similarities or does he just not really compare as far as his pro upside? Like, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, 
is his upside if full potential is met would he be better than either of the smiths that the packers signed yeah absolutely i mean i love the the packers signing with the smiths i i think it's really good stuff as far as you went after two big needs now we could sit here and, and talk the the contract is it the right price for those guys maybe maybe not but realistically you knew you were moving on from clay matthews you needed to get some help there off the edge and, and guys that can whether it's rush the passer or help in in stopping the run josh allen i think certainly uh brings a lot more versatility and a lot just more better overall skill set for what the Packers need because I think he can do a variety of things whether it is drop back into coverage which is something he did much better this year than he did from the year before Uh, again rushing the passer is something that he can do and and stopping the run I think hand usage is something that he has to get better with but again overall he's got the size he's got that speed the burst is really good off the line of scrimmage and I love his ability to counter inside or outside and, and really work on offensive tackles so I think, yes, the upside is much higher for him uh, with that versatility and just the overall skill set. All right. Well, so we've spent a little bit of time fantasizing about what it might be like if Josh Allen went to Green Bay. But now let's kind of bring it into a little bit of reality here. So Todd McShay in in many of his mock drafts has him going number four to the Raiders. Mel Kuyper has him going number two to the 49ers. It sounds like... He is for sure going to be a top five pick. So we know anything is possible, but more than likely, he's not going to be available at number 12 for the Packers. So when talking about Green Bay potentially landing him, what would Green Bay need to do in order to move up to get Allen if they decided they wanted to move up and, 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 and acquire him? I'm assuming it would require both ones from this year plus something else. Russell, what does Green Bay realistically, what are they looking at at giving up in order to move up high enough in order to be able to select him before he's gone? Well, and I think there's if there's any team in the top five that's probably willing to move back, and, and maybe all five of them are, but I mean, I think the New York Jets are certainly a team that would be in position to trade back. We saw them last year trade up to get Sam Darnold. This year, they don't have a second-round pick. They just signed a bunch of guys, C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, to big guaranteed contracts. You need to make sure that you can come through with those signings and, and you have to draft well, but you need to have as many uh, lottery tickets as possible to, to do that. So um, I think they're a potential team to trade back. Um, and could the Green Bay Packers, if they're all in on Josh Allen, could they do that? Yeah, they, they could realistically. Um, I think it would have to, to probably be the 12th pick, the 30th pick, um, and, and certainly a pick next year. I, I just, you know, taking a, a nine, nine pick jump uh, is, is, pretty significant because I I think we can all agree that probably Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, um, and maybe even Quentin Williams are are probably the guys in the conversation for the first two picks of the draft. So that leaves Josh Allen at three. Could it be four as well for Oakland? Yes. But again, I I think it's the 12th pick, the 30th pick, and and probably a pick next year. And and Owen, so sticking alongside of trading up, you know, we saw last year the Saints traded with the Packers. They traded up to get Marcus Davenport. So is, first of all, is Allen even worth trading up for? And what I mean by that is he's obviously seen as a top five pick uh but what for the for what green bay would have to give up in order to move up is he worth it or would green bay just be better off you know maybe moving up to nine and taking a different different pass rusher is his value really worth giving up all of that capital and assets in order to draft him 
in 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 my view, no. Um, I, I don't think there's a huge. Um, I guess, and to be, and Russell mentioned this a bit earlier, and mentioned Allen's skill set. But to be frank, if you're taking an outside linebacker in the top five or even ten, you're paying him to get out for the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Any literally anything he can do outside of that is a home run bonus. But if you're picking a guy that high, that's what you um, you're paying him to do, and that's something that I don't I don't see Allen as being. Um, markedly better as a, a pass rusher or his upside being markedly better as a pass rusher than Brian Burns say uh, from Florida State so while they're a bit different stylistically I think they're both athletic and they're both long um, and, and more so a bit of that that finesse pass rush so to me I think in like the scenario you mentioned I think that would be more my speed in this uh, I think Josh Allen's a special player I think he's a good player but I don't think he's um, I, I don't think he's worth selling the farm for for what the alternatives are. I don't think this is a very deep uh, or a top heavy, I should say. Uh, those top four or five pass rushers are all very good, and I don't think other than Nick Bosa uh, that that there's much uh, stratification there. So I think to me, I'd be more comfortable um, maybe living with another pass rusher, even at twelve or or in the late um, late parts there of the top ten. However, I think what would probably be the scenario if the Packers were to entertain uh, trying to move up for him would probably be something along the lines of probably the Jaguars at seven or, or maybe even uh, the Giants at six where uh, and uh, it's more of a scenario where Kyler Murray goes one and then Joey Bosa goes to the 49ers and then Quinn and Williams goes to the Jets and then the Raiders who knows what they're going to do but I wouldn't be surprised to see them take someone like Devin White from LSU at five. Uh, and then depending on what the Buccaneers do, all of a sudden you're in that six to seven range. And it's not completely inconceivable that Josh Allen wasn't picked. Uh, just kind of depending on how some of the uh, the cards fall. If the, if the Giants take a quarterback, if they want to take Dwayne Haskins like that, then all of a sudden, well, there's two quarterbacks in the top six that pushes those positional players down the board a bit um, and maybe into striking distance for the Packers where they wouldn't have to – um, to hemorrhage draft picks uh, at quite a significant rate as it would uh, moving up to three, maybe to, to seven or, or eight, um, in which in that point we just discussed, maybe it's worth it to stay closer to 12, uh, maybe give up a little bit. So to me, Allen's a very good player, uh, but I think that would be a bit rich for me moving up anywhere, probably close into the top five uh, for uh, for Josh Allen when, like I said, there's the, the possibility for uh, someone like Brian Burns, maybe in the late, um, you know, closer to the 10 or, or even staying put at 12 and getting the guy that you're looking for. All right. Well, so now the he's a top five pick because he can rush, rush the passer. That's what he is being touted as. You know, 2018, he had 17 sacks in 13 games. Seems like he's going to be this high caliber player, but the reality is in the NFL, even though he is an edge rusher and that would be his primary go- job, um, he ha- he would be asked to do other things from time to time, such as you know play the run game, which could happen on any play, or maybe even you know play coverage. So I want to focus on his his game away from rushing the passer and I want to get both of your your perspectives on this. And and Owen, we'll start with you. How does he, how does he play in the run game? Is he I mean, obviously that wouldn't be necessarily why you're drafting him, but is 
is would he be a, a concern or a liability in the run game at all? I don't think so. Um, he's he's long. He's got good length. He's able to set an edge. There were times, and um, I was and truthfully, I was just watching uh, the Penn State game, the bowl game, uh, right before we got on here as a bit of a refresher. Uh, but it, there were times where there's times where he'll attack the line of scrimmage and really shock that tackle or that the tight end on the edge and kind of set that edge. And there's other times, and, and Russell mentioned this a bit earlier, and I don't know if um, you know this has something to do with it, but with his hands, sometimes he can play, I don't want to say soft, but if the play isn't very evidently coming at him, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like quite a bit of counters from Penn State, uh, where he's kind of content to uh, sort of ride it out and kind of see what's going on and try and figure out a way to make a play uh, rather than just setting that edge physically all the time. So... I also think, and this is another uh, aspect to consider here, Kentucky's been guilty of doing this in the past where they'll overload their uh, their pass rushers with like responsibilities. I remember they did a similar thing with Bud Dupree where they're asking him to play odd fronts and even fronts and dropping coverage and pass rushing and doing all this other stuff. And with Allen, like, I think he played a hell of a lot more um, at Kentucky in a game than he will in the NFL. Um, realistically, they're going to rotate. They're going to have guys going, you know, he's probably going to play 50 snaps a game, 45 snaps a game in the NFL, whereas he was playing 70 to 80 at Kentucky. So, um, I don't want to, uh, crucify him for not always being 100% physical in the run game. Cause that's not always necessarily, a uh, an indicator that he can't be, um, as we've seen at has plenty of examples of doing so, but that was just a, like I said, a recency thing to me uh, watching that Penn state game. There was a bit of um, playing passive on the edge. If the play, like I said, wasn't evidently coming immediately at him. Um, So I think he would be plenty. I don't think he's a liability in the NFL um, by any strength, but, or by any stretch, excuse me, but uh, certainly something he does fairly well, but I'd say probably there's a bit of room for improvement uh, there as well. And, and and Russell, you know, we, we Owen just talked about the run game. C- can he play coverage? I mean, obviously, if you're drafting him that high, you know, your expectation is that he's going to rush the passer and not play coverage. But I mean, can he, can he do it if he's being asked to? And and is there any concern with him doing that? Yeah, I mean, he's not a player that you want to you know drop in as like a middle linebacker and dropping into coverage. But if you need him to go, you know to flats or something like that. I think he does a manageable job. Um, He showed it against South Carolina. He showed it against Missouri. um, And those were two games where you you saw him do a variety of things. And and to really further the point on uh, what Big O just said, you know, with the the hand usage and then just really just being passive, I I completely agree in stopping the run. Like there's, there's plays. And it's also with, it's not just Josh Allen. Brian Burns is the same way at times where they just, they look passive. They don't really, um, set the edge all the time and crash down hard and, and do everything that you want to see a, a player do with bending down the line of scrimmage and making those disruptive plays in the backfield uh, like like Ed Oliver would do or, or Quinnen Williams or even really a Christian Wilkins. Um, but And those are defensive tackles, of course. But, you know, Josh Allen is just one of those guys that I think with that variety skill set of being able to, to jump into coverage and, and rush the passer and, and stop the run – it might be more beneficial for him. And, and like Big O said, just to s- rush the passer, you're going to draft him to rush the passer. It might be one of those things where he's not excelling all the way until he gets that one role. Some guys, you know, and it's just like in your normal nine to five job, some guys just can't balance multiple tasks on the job. 
Josh Allen might be one of those guys where he can only do one or two things, not three or four or five different things. Um, so, I mean, I'd like him in coverage. He took big steps, but by no means would I draft him and say, okay, on every third down, I'm dropping him into coverage or on second and second and second or whatever, I'm dropping him into coverage nine times out of 10. I'm he's rushing the passer. All right. Well, so we've talked a lot about, you know, his, his abilities and everything. So I want both of you to put on your general manager hats here for a second and not necessarily from the Packers standpoint, but from any general manager standpoint, what is the weak point in Josh Allen's game? Like if you were drafting him, what would be your biggest concern about drafting him? And, and Owen, we'll start with you on this one. I think, uh, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't have many reservations. Uh, I think this draft, maybe more so, and, and Russell can correct me if he if he feels differently, I think this draft probably feels um, safer at the top than most have in recent memory. Um, and to me, I, I think Allen's a guy that I, don't, I think his floor is very high. Um, I guess the one concern, if you're a general manager, if you're not sold on his physicality in the run game, and if you're concerned that, um, you know, he was a one-year wonder, he was a, a noteworthy player as a junior, but but really jumped off the page uh, as a senior and, and made himself into this top five prospect. I don't know. I guess if you're skeptical of the one year of production, and if you're worried that his uh, his lack of consistent physicality in the run game paired with if he uh you know fails to continue to develop as a pass rusher um you know the hand hands are a big deal as a pass rusher those are your weapons um and if if you're unable to really capitalize on those the offensive tackles in the nfl are a hell of a lot better than the guys that he was seeing in college and if he doesn't continue to get better his baseline is good don't get me wrong um, but I think that if you're picking a guy that high, you need to be confident that he's going to turn into an absolute stud for you. Um, and I guess that that would be, um, I guess my, if I, if I was, a, if that, that's what would make sense to me because he doesn't have a glaring area of weakness. Um, but like I said, if that was your reservation that, you know, it's not the consistent physicality in the run game. Uh, and if he doesn't continue to develop um, at, at the pace that he has, from his junior to senior year um, into his, his NFL career, uh, I, I could see NFL teams being a bit leery of that and perhaps um, you know letting him slide into the seven eight range uh, just because they're they're truly not ready to commit a top four or five pick uh, to a guy like Josh Allen. And, and, and Russell, what, what would your biggest concern be about if about him if you were drafting him? Well, to piggyback on the hand usage thing, I mean, it's so critical to to have, you know, one, a solid pass rush plan, but in, in the process of all that, what do you do with your hands? I mean, these are the things that help you get to the quarterback, and um, he, he's struggled at times with it, but he does have a lot of experience, and when you look at what he's done, he's played in 13 games for the last three years, um, 21 and a half tackles for loss, 17 sacks this past year. Um, Another thing too is is the three cone drill it was not exactly where I would want it to be at seven one or seven point one five. I thought there was times on tape that he looked um, not as fluid as you'd want him to be, a little stiff hipped. Um, and, and when you know we talked about some of the flaws in the run game, I think it refers back to that. It's it's that ability to not have that fluidity to change the direction um, and bend down the line and, and do some of those things. So if the hand usage at times gets 
out of control or, or inconsistent and then you're not having the hip fluidity that you need to have as an edge rusher, um, it could certainly cause some concern. Um, I will say if you guys were to move up from 12 to 7 and he's on the board and he goes at 7 and the Lions, because you know people that don't know I'm a Detroit Lions fan, um, so if, if he goes the pick before, you're going to see me on Twitter losing my freaking mind. So um, I would be irate. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think he's a really good player. I still think he's going to be a top five pick. And, um, you know, even with some of the flaws, I, I think there's a lot more strengths to, to his game than flaws. All right. Awesome. Well, all right, guys, we are out of time for the day. I want to thank you both for joining me, especially Russell. Thank you for being such a great sport as a Lions fan coming on, joining the pack a day podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, quick question for both of you, real quick question to wrap up here. So, if given the choice, if your doesn't matter what team you're drafting for, given the choice between Josh Allen or Devin White from LSU, who would you take in if if they were both available? Russell, who would you take, Devin White or Josh Allen? Um, Josh Allen. I Devin White's not my top linebacker, anyways. It's Devin Bush, so I'm going Josh Allen. And and Owen. Yeah, Josh Allen. I, 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 Devin Bush is a good player, um, but you can never have too many good pass rushers. And the difference between um, a, a game-changing linebacker and an average NFL linebacker is much smaller than the uh, the difference between a good pass rusher and a bad pass rusher. Um, so you'll take that depth all the time. All right. Well, the reason why I ask is this is for you, the listeners. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow uh, as Steve, Dusty, and Tyler take a look at Devin White from LSU. So that will be your Packers podcast player breakdown for tomorrow. Uh, Owen, Russell, once again, thank you guys so much for joining me today to do this. We really appreciate the time you take. I really appreciate it because there's no way in hell I could have done a <laughs> draft podcast by myself. Um, I, I, I love the draft, but I don't know it quite like like other people do. So really appreciate you guys taking the time. And again, make sure you follow both of them on Twitter. Russell is at Russ NFL Draft and Owen is at Reese Draft. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter especially Russell, given the fact that he might be freaking out on draft night. You wouldn't want to miss that. So thank you so much again, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And make sure this weekend, make sure this weekend and on Monday, pay attention to your NCAA bracket. If you made one, again, if you win, you get $50 to the Packer Pro Shop via our godfather, Andy Herman. Thank you again to Andy Herman for doing that. So make sure you're watching those games this weekend, especially if you're doing really well. You could be the winner of $50 to the Packer Pro Shop. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And as always, go Pack Go. Seattle has won the toss. We won the ball. We're going to score. to Rodgers. Scrambles to his left under pressure. Rolling right. Escapes. Right side looking. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch is made and the Packers have won. Unbelievable. Rogers. Look.
Kicks it over. Starks to his left. Now he moves Starks to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it's caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! A miracle yes! pass. Yes! Yes! Rodgers from the 42 of New York, fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows, into the end zone. It is caught. Rodgers gets the snap, blitz is on, Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, rainbow. He's got time at the 10 to the ball, yes. to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Oh my goodness, an NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards! Rodgers looks left and right, takes the snap, takes the handle, deep drop, lots of time, lots of left side, Jimmy Graham across the 50, left side, last 40, to the 30, to the 20, and he's torn down from behind, inside the 15, down near the 12-yard line, 54-yard pass play. I'm a predator, rapture, I am killing it. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line, looks left and right. Takes the snap, short drop, quick throw, left side, yes! The end zone! Going down the right side, the end zone, it is Al Harris! Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.